Hello, my gardening friends, and welcome back to the Just Grow Something podcast. I'm your host, Karen Velez, and this episode, we're going to talk about something that I have talked a lot about um, or have mentioned frequently over the past 50 plus episodes, but have never really dug too deeply into, and that is row covers. Uh, I want to talk about row covers, not just floating row covers, but also insect covers, frost covers, and also shade cloth, which we haven't really touched on at all. I thought it would be helpful, especially as we're moving into fall and possible frost season, to give you an understanding of what the different materials are, the different weights, um, the varying uh, thicknesses or grades, where to find them, and uh, how important it is to have the different types or whether or not they can be multi-purpose. And for all intents and purposes, all of them can be multi-purpose with the exception of the shade cloth. The shade cloth will be very specific to just creating shade because it is a different consistency, and we'll go into that just a little bit. We'll also talk about some alternative to uh, the traditional commercial row cover or cloth, um, which you can use from around your home, whether you are gardening in an in-ground space or in raised beds or in containers. And we'll also talk about some of the accessories that can go along with these that might make your life just a little bit easier when you're using them. So let's dig into this week's topic, row covers. Hey, I'm Karen, and together with my husband, I spent over a decade researching and learning and building our small farm through lots of trial and error, successes and failures. I went back to school to get my degree in horticulture to help our farm business, and now I want to pass all that knowledge on to you. Because I firmly believe that self-reliance is empowering, and that everyone, whether you've got a five-acre plot in the country, a half-acre lot in suburbia, or a windowless room in a downtown apartment, should just grow something. So as far as I'm concerned, row covers are one of those universally important tools that gardeners can use for any number of tasks. It can be used for season extension, both in covering um, early season plants to get them in the ground earlier, covering late season plants in order to let them stay out in the gardens later. They're also really good for pest control, a lot of the time dramatically reducing anybody's need to use pesticides and also to be used as uh, some shade cloth and some sun protection. But what is row cover? If you've never seen it before, it goes by different names, row cover, floating row cover, um, the frost cloth, um, but it is a sort of spun bonded cover. It is made, um, it's a fabric, it's it's lightweight, it is very gauze-like, and it's usually made from polyester or polypropylene. Now, unfortunately, that's one of the things that I dislike about row cover is because it is made from what I consider to be a non-renewable resource. Um, But if you take care of what it is that you buy and you put it away at the end of every season um, or you use it in a suitable situation where you're getting the correct weight for your use, then you should be able to reuse them for many, many seasons before they start to deteriorate and end up having to be thrown away. They range in thickness, so you have a lighter weight fabric that may be 
really suitable for just an insect cover, whereas you've got a much heavier weight fabric that would be used later on in the season or in areas that are really, really cold for a heavy frost cloth. There are a ton of different brands. There's uh, Agrabon, Rime, um, Argyle, Harvest Guard, Typar. There's all kinds of different uh, uh, variations out there. And in general, there really isn't much difference from one to another. The only difference really is going to be in their naming convention. So, for example, if you go to Agrabon, they're going to label theirs all with a number that indicates whether it's a lightweight grade control for insects or if it's a heavy freeze protection. So for example, Agrabon Ag AG15 is their lightest weight and that's the one that they, you know, they market for insect control versus going to an AG50 which is their heaviest uh, freeze protection. So, and every manufacturer's uh, nomenclature is going to be different. So really what you want to do is look at the descriptor. And if you're buying online, generally speaking, you're going to have a pretty good description of what it's supposed to be used for. It'll tell you whether it's lightweight for insect control, if it's a standard grade for general frost protection, whether it's um, a heavier grade for overwintering, maybe in a more moderate climate, and then whether it is the uh, absolute heaviest for heavy freeze protection. And you can layer these as well. And I'll get into that here in a little bit. Now, one misconception is that there is a very specific way that you are supposed to use row cover. And really, that's not the case. I mean, there's really no one way to use them. It's important to use it in the manner that works best for how you are growing your crops, the time of year, how much maintenance time you can invest, and uh, exactly where it is that you're growing as far as your climate is concerned. Used properly, Row cover can provide frost protection in the spring and in the fall. It also will support um, rapid plant establishment and growth in the early seasons. So because row cover is a fabric, it does increase both the temperature and the humidity under the cover. And the amount of insulation that the plants get is going to depend on the weight of the row cover. You've heard me talk before about using row cover to protect from insects, but the fact that I did have to remove those row covers during the middle part of the season because it was just getting too hot. But they are a much better option than not having anything at all. So one of the ways that you can use row covers in the spring when you've got um, the uh, the little little plants that you have just transplanted, um, you can just drape them over top. We, we call it a floating row cover because it's just kind of sitting there floating on top of the plants. You want to just drape them over and you don't really need to have any kind of a frame for that. Uh, you do need to weigh down the row cover, so you should use bricks or, or stones. There's also garden staples that you can buy. Um, you can um, use sandbags. You can use just about anything that is going to weight down that cover and keep it from blowing away. It's really up to each individual gardener to experiment with how early you can get your plants in the ground by using row cover. If you really want to get a jump on the season, uh, say you have a very short growing area, or 
you have an area where the pest pressure gets to be really, really bad, the warmer the climate or the warmer the temperatures get, you may want to push that boundary a little bit and get those plants in the ground super early. And that's where floating row cover is, is going to help you out. Um, it also will do really well as a way to sort of hang on to some of those summer crops that you have coming uh, as you get closer to a fall frost. We routinely here will get our first frost somewhere around the middle of October, but it's a one-time thing. And then for at least another two, sometimes three weeks, we get this beautiful fall weather where it's cool in the overnights, but it's beautiful during the day, sometimes as high as 80 degrees. And those are for sure temperatures in which peppers and tomatoes and squashes can continue to ripen and and come to harvest. Now, obviously I'm not going to be, you know, growing new tomatoes at that time of the year outside and relying on frost cover because it's just not going to be warm enough. But any tomatoes or peppers or eggplant that I'm trying to get to maturity or as close to maturity as possible before pulling the plants would absolutely benefit from just having row cover out there during that one frost and then going ahead and pulling it back off and allowing that light or even just leaving them on. I mean, if it, if it is going to trap the heat in there, I could just leave it covered because you're not necessarily relying on the sunlight at that point. You really are trying to get it to be, uh, to be warm enough to ripen. And so you could just leave them on. Now, this is where if you have cool season vegetables that you are trying to continue on into the late fall, the early winter, or even over winter, uh, you would use a heavier weight row cover. And sometimes you may actually end up layering them. So for instance, if you don't want to or can't invest a lot of money into uh, a bunch of row cover, you can buy the lightest weight row cover that you can find and use that as your insect cover throughout the season. Then in either the early spring or in the late fall or whenever you need it as a frost cover, you can layer that on top of your plants and provide the same level of frost protection as you would get from the heavier weight. Now, you just have to make sure that you're paying attention to the manufacturer's description as to what the weight is or the thickness is of that fabric in order to know that you are meeting what the standard would be for that thicker um, that thicker cover. So, for example, if we go back to Agrabon, if you had, you know, the Agrabon 15, which is the, the lightweight grade for insect control, the insect barrier, and you were wanting to really use it um, in layers to act like it was that Agrabon 50, which is the heavier weight one, you might need to do a little bit of math. So the description for the egg, the AG15, is that it is 0.45 ounces per square yard. So 0.45 ounces per square yard versus the AG50, which is 1.5 ounces per square yard. So legitimately, you are going to need about three layers of the AG15 to match up to the frost protection that you would get with the AG50. That's fine. It will work. 
But at that point, that's when you're going to have to start thinking about using those accessories that I mentioned. Um, you would end up needing to use hoop supports over the plants so that the growing points of the, the plants wouldn't be pushed up against the fabric. You also have to take into consideration that something that's that thick is also going to reduce the light transmission. So you're only at that point going to get about 50% of the light coming through. Not as much of a problem when you're trying to overwinter things because you're not really relying on the light to continue any kind of growth. You're actually just kind of protecting it to be able to harvest off of it because it's likely going to be after the Persephone period. It's not really going to be growing. And so you're not as worried about the light transmission. But in the early part of the season, if you are using that heavy frost protection or freeze protection, you are concerned about light transmission if it's in the early spring and you're trying to encourage that growth. So that's where you end up paying attention to the temperatures during the day, seeing when it's, it is appropriate to be able to pull those cloths back. Um, or if you're using the layering method, just pull one or two of those layers off to allow more light through and, uh, and that'll get you where you need to be. Um, temperature isn't the only variable when you're looking at using your row covers. If you are growing things that need to be pollinated by insects, so um, most of your nightshades, you know, tomatoes, eggplant, pepper, uh, all of your curcubits, the squashes, your cucumbers, pumpkins, melons, zucchini, yellow squash, you need to remove your row cover um, when the female flowers bloom so that the, the good bugs can come in there and they can pollinate. If, you know, you are trying to protect your squash plants, say, from the squash vine borer, and you are trying to exclude the moth that lays that vine borer, row cover is a great way to do that. I will absolutely be doing that the next time that I am planting zucchini. But as soon as you see the female flowers begin to bloom, you absolutely have to remove the cover in the morning when the pollinators are out and are most active. And then you can replace the row cover in the afternoon and for the overnight, if you feel like you're still having insect pressure that you need to consider. Um, otherwise, just removing it completely may be you know, the best, the best way to go if you don't want to spend that amount of time covering and uncovering your plants. It really does depend on how big your garden is. If you have a huge area that is um, needing to be covered and uncovered, it may be just best to, to pull it off. So um, another thing to consider too is like when you're, you're, if you're growing tomato plants and they need to be staked or caged, or if you're doing pole beans um, or cucumbers that are vining, if they start to get too tall, at that point, row cover either needs to be supported with a frame or completely removed. I did use or try to use row cover this year um, as a deterrent uh, to the deer for our sweet peas. Um, I had them, the sweet peas growing up the trellises and I was using the trellises as the support system to just sort of drape the row covers over top. Unfortunately, it didn't work for as long as I had hoped it would because the stakes that I was using to hold the trellises ended up piercing the row covers during some storms that we were having and it ended up just being a total mess. But um, if I were using some different supports, I, I bet that it would, I would have had a better uh, opportunity to be able to, to keep the deer out by keeping that row cover on for an extended period of time. So it's just a matter of thinking about what it is that you are growing, how you are growing it, and whether or not the row cover can be used and for how long.
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So another way that you can use row cover is as sun protection or as a form of shade. Um, if you have a problem where you have the possibility of plants that are getting scorched, you know, or you're getting tomatoes that have sun scald, then row covers can be helpful. Um, They will offer some protection as long as you are ventilating. It will literally turn that area into sort of a greenhouse and it will just cook your plants. You have to be careful. So if you can make it to where there's a proper amount of airflow under there, then you can absolutely use it as a way to protect those plants. You can also use it by sort of creating stakes and a sort of lean to effect where you're shading it just from like the afternoon sun. So you're not actually putting the covers over top of the plants. That'll also help as well. But there are actually shade cloths that are designed specifically for this purpose. So shade cloth is a bit different than row cover. It is uh, a knitted product. It is used usually um, UV stabilized black polyethylene. Again, another plastic product, but it is what it is. Um, it is very, very durable. So generally speaking, in a in a home setting, you can get 10 years worth of use out of this, if, especially if you're storing it out of the sun when you are not using it. Um, commercially, they usually say, okay, it's about five to seven years, but if you take care of it, it's going to last you for a really long time. So the knitted fabric has a lot better uh, ventilation and allows more water in um, than a really thick woven shade cloth. So that is going to help with adequate ventilation. If you hang it high enough above your plants to ensure that adequate ventilation, you can actually get the temperature underneath to drop by uh, 10 degrees Fahrenheit or more. They generally are going to be used with um, hoops or with some sort of um, accessories to hold them up high. So the density of the knit on the shade cloth um, indicates the percentage of light that is blocked by the cloth. So if you buy a 30% cloth, it's going to block 30% of the sun. So you'll have 70% light transmission. So, you know, for things like tomatoes and peppers that you may need to protect in, in really, really hot summers, you would still only want to block about 30% of that sunlight because they do really rely on that light transmission in order to be able to continue their production. But if you're looking at, you know, some more cooler weather crops like lettuces or spinach or coal crops, there is a 50% cloth that you could buy where it's only going to block or it's only going to allow 50% of the light to come through. Um, That's really good for any type of shade loving cloth uh, crops too. So just know that the shade cloth is a little bit different you you can't really use the shade cloth as an insect protection with the exception of from ones that are um, 
you know, really large insects. It's not really intended to be used that way. It's actually intended to be used on hoops that go over top of the crop like a small tunnel and open-ended to where you get the, the airflow coming through, um, but not, you know, not closed up and not meant to be any sort of an insect protection. So if you're looking for something to protect from frost that maybe isn't one of these, these poly covers, um, what alternatives do you have? You can use plastic coverings that you may already have, um, tarps, sheets from, you know, old sheets from, from your house, anything that you can use to sort of protect the plants, but you really only want to use them um, overnight or in times when the temperature is going to drop below freezing. You can double layer these alternative materials if it's going to get really, really cold, but just make sure that number one, you're weighing them down to the ground to keep the wind from blowing them around and also to keep the heat from escaping. If you're using any kind of a plastic material, make sure that your plant leaves aren't coming in direct content with the material because that can actually lead to injury. And then make sure that you go back out there and you take off any of the blankets or the plastic coverings or the tarps off of your plants during the day. So almost anything that you have around the house, sheets, tarps, plastic, you know, drop cloths, whatever, you can use um, as season extension but you just have to consider the material that you're using and make sure that you are protecting the plants from that material if necessary, and then also protecting them from overheating once the sun does come back out. And the same thing goes if you're going to use these alternative uh, materials as a, a pest exclusion measure as well. If you're using it as an insect cover, make sure that you're removing the covers, especially when the insect pollinated plants begin to flower. Um, and just make sure that you are not overheating them. So what about the accessories that go along with some of these row covers? There, there are different types of frames that you can buy. This is um, specifically helpful if you have crops that are getting larger. They're sort of pressing up against the row cover, which may be sort of deforming the leaves or deforming the plant, or it's pushing, uh, putting pressure on the frost cloth or the row cover and maybe causing punctures. You may need to consider creating these little low tunnels or A-frames, both of which can be designed either with PVC piping or with wood or with flexible wire. Um, you can get electric fence wire. You can use nine gauge wire. Um, rebor, uh, rebor, <laughs> rebar is helpful for supporting low tunnels. Um, it's not really necessary when you're doing, you know, small areas and you have sort of a simple wire-based design. Um, there are all kinds of places that you can buy these prefabricated. You can go to the garden supply store. If you are ordering online, generally, um, any, um, online supplier who is selling frost protection or insect barrier or shade cloth is going to sell also the supports and the anchors. So it's very typical for there to be either these hoop loops, which, um, create sort of a square frame. Um, you can just buy those. You can also buy the wire support hoops that are a round sort of half moon shape that you press down into the ground and it creates a little low tunnel. 
Um, but again, you can just go and buy things from the hardware store to be able to make these things. You can also use um, PVC. Uh, in that instance, if you're going to use PVC, I recommend also creating some clamps for the PVC. So if you say you have a half inch PVC pipe and you're bending those into the shape of a low hoop um, for a small tunnel, then you're going to want to get like a three quarter inch PVC and be able to create a snap that can snap over top of the PVC only because the PVC is slick. And so your row cover may have a tendency to shift a little bit if it's just laying across the top of those hoops and they may move around and may not stay in place. So, you know, you always want to have some sort of a clamp um, to keep it in place if you're using if you're using PVC. Generally, the wire supports don't necessarily need to um, have any sort of clips that go with them if you are staking them into the ground properly and keeping the uh, the, the covers tight. Um, speaking of keeping the covers tight, there's other ways that you can do that rather than just using, you know, like I said before, bricks or, or rocks or whatever. Um, there are pins, anchoring pins there. They look like big staples, um, that you can use that will secure the fabric, the row cover, um, into the ground. There are also these really fancy, um, hand pegs, um, if you're using like a really heavy frost cloth and you have a tendency or you a plan to to keep it out um, all winter long, those might be a better idea because they're just very, very sturdy, but they can all be very expensive. So I don't recommend going out and buying all of this stuff, even though all the pictures look really, really cool and it gives you a great idea of all these different little tunnels that you could have all over the place. Start slow. So either go on to one of the online retailers and I will, I'll put a couple of links to a couple of different places that provide uh, these different row cover fabrics and the, uh, the different um, shade cloths. Um, but, you know, you can usually your local garden center will sell it in smaller pieces. If you don't need a whole roll, you can get smaller pieces that are just meant for maybe your raised bed. These little hoop type things do work really, really well in raised beds. If you can design a raised bed to where it is the right width for a PVC hoop to go over the top of it that just sort of stays there or can be put in place very quickly, and then you have whatever row cover you're going to use as a frost protection or an insect barrier to float over the top of it, that can just be removed whenever you don't need it anymore. It's very tidy. It makes it very easy to get into. You can do the same thing in your in-ground beds um, throughout the season. And you can also do this in pots and containers. It's a little bit easier sometimes too in the pots because you just need a very, very small piece that you can sort of just drape over top and then either make it long enough to where you can tuck those ends underneath the pot itself or you can tuck it in to the, the pot between the pot edge and the soil to keep it in place. Or you can use binder clips too if, if you can get those really big binder clips to keep it attached to the sides of the container. Anything that is going to, if you're keeping it, you know, if you're trying to protect from frost, keep the heat in. Or if you're trying to protect from insects, keep the insects out. Anything that you can secure it with, the better. 
Um, but don't go out and buy all of this stuff. Start small, start slow, um, start by using maybe things that you've got around the house. But if you are, do have a large garden and you are concerned about either using the row covers as an insect barrier or really trying to protect your, um, your garden from the frost, um, then, you know, a, a roll of this will last you a really, really long time. So I hope that gave you some of the basics about what row cover is, how you can use it. It really is a simple process. It's kind of hard to explain just sort of by words, um, trying to describe it for you. It's, 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 fairly easy to understand if you just go on and, and do a search for how to use row covers, you will see um, how the different covers are used. Um, again, just the important things are when everything's in place, make sure that you've got weighted items um, on the outside of the covering to keep it in place. Uh, make sure that you're watering and weeding and feeding your plants the same way that you normally would while the covers are in place. It's just a little bit more work to take them off and do that. Um, and then, um, you know, make sure that you are removing them from the crop um, when necessary. So hopefully this will help you with getting a little bit longer season in your garden and also help protect from some of those pesky insects. Um, if you have any questions at all, you can send me an email. You can jump in our Just Grow Something Gardening Friends Facebook group. Always happy to answer questions. I will be back on Friday with another Focal Point Friday episode. In the meantime, have a great week in the garden and I will talk to you again soon. You've just listened to another episode of the Just Grow Something podcast. Don't forget to download the episode after you've listened, rate and review us in your podcast player if that's an option, and follow us on Instagram at Just Grow Something Podcast. All these things help gardeners like you find me and hopefully join the Just Grow Something family. Don't forget to send in those gardening questions through a voice message at the link in the show notes or via email to grow at justgrowsomethingpodcast.com. Until next time, my gardening friends, keep on cultivating that dream garden and I will talk to you again soon.